Hey guys, welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name is Christina Rice and I'm your host. I'm a holistic health coach. I am the creator of the blog addictedtolovely.com and I am the co-host of another podcast called Straight Up Paleo. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I am very impressed if you are actually listening to this on Christmas. Shout out to you. If not, then I hope you had a great Christmas and a great holiday season. I cannot believe it is almost 2018. It's crazy to me. This year flew by. It was a huge year, but we can talk more about that later. I just want to remind you that if you haven't already, I would love it if you joined our Facebook group, Actually Adultish Podcast Nation. Just request to join there and I will add you in. It's lots of fun. And if you haven't already, leave a rating and a review on iTunes to support the show if you already know and love the show. And if you're new here, then if you like this episode, I would love to hear your review as well. And if you want to support the show, there are a few ways you can do so. You can shop through the Amazon link in the show notes and it's also on our website and a portion of the money you spend will go towards supporting the show and its production costs. You can also become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash actually adultish and pledge any amount of money you want each month to the show. So both of those help out a lot and it would mean a lot to me if you did that. So other updates really quickly. First of all, if you are interested in signing up for my Paleo Women program, signups are available. Snag your spot. I'm only taking a few women and I would love for you to be in the program. It is a great way to sort of kick off the new year, help transform your lifestyle. You will learn a ton of information about health and nutrition. So there are five weeks. Each week contains a weekly live call with me, a live video call. So we'll all be on the call together and you can ask me questions right there and then and we'll cover a different topic each week. We'll talk about everything you need to know about food and nutrition. We'll talk about cooking and grocery shopping hacks. We'll talk about balancing hormones and everything to do with hormones. We'll talk about how to make it a lifestyle, how to deal with family and friends and what to do about exercise and sleep and stress management and all of those things. So it is an amazing program. You'll be in the Facebook group with us. So you can ask me anything, anytime in the Facebook group. You can ask other ladies things. You can share things. We share recipes, random information about things, and you'll probably make some lifelong friends because that's the amazing thing about being a community and we can all support each other. And it's just great. I know that you will learn some mind-blowing info if you join, I promise you. So I've gotten great feedback from the ladies so far, and I would just love to have you in the program. And if you have any questions, you can always email me and ask me. Um, Check out all of the testimonials and the description on my website, addictedtolovely.com, and you can sign up there. You can also sign up at bit.ly slash women. Class is going to start at the beginning of January. So snag your spot now and 
I'm just, I'm just really excited because last time was so rewarding and the women had such incredible feedback. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun this time around. The other thing I want to remind you about is that you should definitely pick up my ebook, hashtag no sugar, no problems. It's a collection of a bunch of paleo sweetener free desserts. So no sugar of any kind and no sugar substitutes. So no stevia, no monk fruit, no erythritol, no xylitol not even any bananas or dates, no maple syrup, no honey. So it's great if you're on a candida protocol, if you are just low in sugar, if you're following a ketogenic diet, a low carb diet, if you are diabetic, or if you're just watching your sugar intake, a great resource to have in your back pocket. So I love seeing you guys make those recipes. If you get the ebook and you make some recipes, I would love it if you took a picture and tagged me in it and gave me your feedback. It means a lot. So if you want to pick that up, you can use the code actuallyadultish and you'll get 20% off because I just love you guys so much because you listen to my podcast. So it's going to be awesome. And you can pick that up at bit.ly slash no sugar, no problems or on my website. Moving on, let's talk about today's guest because I'm so excited. Today I am talking with Dr. Taz, who is a board-certified integrative medicine physician and wellness expert, and she specializes in women's health, weight loss, nutrition, and family wellness. She is a woman of many talents, and she's the author of What Doctors Eat, The 21-Day Belly Fix, and most recently, Superwoman Rx, which is an incredible book that I love. And she opened up Center Spring MD back in 2009 and has been practicing there ever since. And she serves so many different types of people and is just making such an incredible impact on the health and wellness world. And I really admire her work. And, you know, I heard about her a while back, especially with this new book release and the book caught my attention. And, you know, I'm really drawn to issues in women's health and she is really focusing on women's health in this book. And I thought it was so fascinating. And I love that she takes such an integrative approach and looks at health from every angle. And she incorporates different types of medicines, you know, from Ayurveda to Chinese medicine to, you know, regular Western medicine. And she knows her stuff. She's a very intelligent, incredible woman and down to earth, super relatable. You know, she's been through things herself and things that a lot of us also struggle with. And so she just, she knows what it's like. Um, I just, I really love this book. I loved getting to chat with her and get her perspective. She has so much experience in the field and it was just an honor to get to chat with her. So we're going to talk all about what she sees in her practice, women's health, her new book, Superwoman Rx, which is great and I highly recommend. And I think you guys are going to love this conversation. So Let's just get into it. Hello there. Hi. How are you? I am great. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've been seeing your book all over the place, and I'm fascinated by everything, so I can't wait to interrogate you. Oh, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I always love being here, too. L.A. is just so exciting, and 
How often do you get to come out here? here? Not as much as I'd like, but, uh, you know, we're here probably once every other month. Okay. You know, so. And where are you from originally? Um, from Atlanta. Oh, okay. So definitely different. Definitely sure. different. But yeah, I'm just thrilled to be here. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with you, why don't you introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about you? Sure. I mean, I go by Dr. Taz. I'm an integrative physician. Um, I've had a practice for the last eight or nine years in Atlanta called Center Spring MD. We really just focus on, you know, health from a different perspective and combine different systems of medicine together, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, nutrition, hormones, all of that, but still, you know, also embrace conventional medicine to a point because you need that, you Mm -hmm. know, when, when the timing's appropriate and have just really enjoyed, you know, spreading the message that, you know, we need to change medicine. We need to focus on empowerment and the whole message of empowerment is wrapped up in multiple layers of our health and our chemistry. And it's really hard to have that conversation without having the conversation about understanding your health and just really motivated by seeing people get better, quite honestly, and then seeing them being able to fulfill their potential and fulfill whatever it is they were meant to do in their life. So I have been blessed and gifted to be able to sit with almost over 12,000 patients now in the practice and hear their stories and learn from them and and be guided by them to a certain extent and be motivated by them to continue to want to be better and to want to learn more. And it's in that journey that this book was born because as you listen to people and connect with people and, you know, try to try to help them on the path to getting back to themselves, you start to see the patterns emerge. And I realized very quickly that if we just embraced everything and put it all together, we would have the answers right in front of us, you know? So, um, so that's a little bit about me. I love that. (laughs) So So, what first got you interested in integrative medicine? You know, that's a story in itself. So I was never had any intention to do holistic or integrative medicine or anything like that. I was in the emergency room and thinking about an ICU fellowship and really that's where my head was at the time uh, in terms of a career. And, you know, just started, you know, started an emergency medicine job right out of residency, thinking I would only do it for a year. And then I would go on and do a fellowship in intensive care and critical care. And, you know, over the course of that year, kind of things came to a head. I I had probably been sick, but started getting sicker with the flip flop and the night shifts and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, bad food and the schedules and all that other stuff. And, you know, what started as, you know, just a little bit of weight gain and acne sort of crescendoed into a massive hair loss and, you know, joint pain and all these other symptoms in between hormone imbalances and things like that. So, you know, I, I started the journey like many of my patients do and many of other people in this field do where we you know, try to get answers and went to many different doctors and didn't get solutions and didn't get options that I could really use and got put on a lot of different medications and none of those medications really worked for me. And some of them actually had pretty devastating side effects. You know, in fact, I got into a car accident one day from one of the medications I was on because it dropped my blood pressure so low. So it was sort of, you know, as I talk to people and meet people, it's like we all get our wake-up calls, and that was my wake-up call of, you know, it's really time to take this into my own hands and figure it out and confront it and and face it head-on and mm-hmm. try to, you know, try to improve myself. And so I just went back to studying and trying to get my hands on everything I could and found this whole world of, 
you know, Chinese medicine and holistic medicine and nutrition, which we're not educated on at all, you know, as we go through our med school journey and, and just really started slowly, very slowly, I should say, putting the pieces and trying to figure it out for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more I studied, the more I wanted to learn. So finally, I became licensed in acupuncture and I became a, you know, I became a um, certified in nutrition and certified in Ayurveda, and then I did the Integrative Medicine Fellowship with Dr. Andy Weil and completed that program and just kept, you know, kept layering on different pieces of information and education. And the whole time I'm working in the emergency room and finally put the pieces of my own health together and fixed myself. Yeah. But in that you know, long journey of fixing myself, like everybody around me was like, Oh my gosh, well, you look great. What are you doing? And then there, of course, the question is like, well, what would you do for this? And what would you do for that? And, and my husband was the one who was finally like, if you're really going to make this anything more than just a side hobby, he was like, watch you study this for so many years. He's like, why don't you open something, do something with it. Mm -hmm. And so he was opening his dental practice at the time. And he was like, you can, you know, just take two rooms in the back of my dental office and you can see you know, just a couple patients there. You've got the overhead covered. There's no stress. You can just practice like what you've learned and maybe help a few people along the way. And so that's that was how we entered in, into this world of integrative medicine, and that was 2009. And it's just been an exciting journey since we got really busy. And, you know, we have lots of funny stories about what that growth looked like and, you know, the bloops yeah. and the blunders along the way and all that other stuff. But, um, but eventually it came to a head and it was like, I can't continue to do emergency medicine yeah. and do this. I'm too busy here and my full attention. So I think it took a year or two, but then I finally transitioned to just running my practice and seeing patients. And yeah. we've grown from just me. And today we have eight different medical providers and a wow. lot of other providers like acupuncturists and craniosacral therapists and, and those types in the practice as well. And we have a full service family practice, but from an integrative model so Mm -hmm. an integrative family practice essentially so that was my journey through the field (laughs) well I have a million questions what I want to ask is so in med school how much nutrition training did you get I think we get an hour okay because it's so funny because I was was talking to somebody else about this before um on on another podcast and he was saying oh no doctors get like a semester I'm like I've heard they get like four to six hours if they're lucky and I mean again I went a while ago so things could have changed you know but we got one hour okay and there was a one hour nutrition class and that's all we really got yeah and I mean I'm really glad you sort of brought up your own personal story because I think that there's just so many people nowadays who have these symptoms but they think it's normal so it's not a symptom you know like yeah they're bloated I have weight gain, I have skin issues, like things like this. And they just think, well, everybody feels like that. So it's normal. And no, like these are symptoms and we can't just wait around for a diagnosis or wait for something worse to happen, you know? So I'm glad that you like shared that. So people like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think we all, you know, the famous phrase is power through. Like Mm -hmm. most people day to day are trying to power through. And, and while that's admirable on one hand, on the other hand, you're essentially ignoring what your body in itself is trying to tell you and how it's trying to talk to you. And that is a huge disservice to you because it will come to a head at some point. Yeah. So, you know, it's important to just, and I think that's what this book is about too, is like, how can we create tools and strategies to help us consistently connect back to ourself? You know, whether mm-hmm. that's you know, whether that's, you know, we, you go, you go meditate for 10 minutes every day, or you stay still somewhere, whatever it is, but how do you create those strategies so that you're always 
connected back to you so that when the messages come or the symptoms come or whatever comes, Mm -hmm. you're in a position to receive it. But I was full blown in that mode of powering through all through medical school and residency and, you know, even afterwards. And, you know, I have better breaks in place now, but it's taken a really long time to understand and that that is not necessarily the state of being to be in, you know, mm-hmm. although you get rewarded for powering through, right? You get the promotion and you get more money and you get more recognition and all that other stuff. But but it does come to a crashing halt. Yeah. And I've seen that for so many people and for so many patients as well. Yeah, I'm curious, um, what do you, is there an issue that you see most often in your practice? Like, Huh, that's a great question. I mean, remember, we've got a full service family practice. We've got men, yeah. women, and children all coming through. Let's I mean, focus on maybe women's health. Okay. Like something that you just feel is like the really dominant issue. Is there anything that stands out? I'm seeing just a ton of mental health, mm. anxiety, depression, you know, uh, addiction, you know, all of that. And then that in turn is tied up into some of the other issues like mm-hmm. weight gain or hormone imbalances yeah. or polycystic ovarian syndrome or, you know, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would say if I sit back and reflect, I would say the mental component, anxiety and depression would probably be number one. Yeah. Um, the second would be the whole spectrum of hormonal issues that women have to deal with. Everything from, you know, PCOS to fertility to pregnancy to menopause, perimenopause, that whole mm-hmm. chunk of women's health is a, is a big part of our practice and then I would say autoimmune diseases and diseases of inflammation and then lastly cancer those are probably the four okay. four top diagnoses so to speak that are coming through the practice and why do you think that the the mental health issues and the hormone imbalances are so dominant right now I think we don't I think it goes back to a lot of what I've been talking about recently we don't know how to take care of ourselves and we're completely disconnected from who we are mm-hmm. um, if you turn back the clock and go to our ancient healers anxiety and depression to them Mm -hmm. they didn't call it anxiety and they didn't call it depression but it was spiritual disconnection you were essentially disconnected and they would work really hard to reconnect somebody who was presenting that way so whether that was through community or through prayer or whatever it is they would connect some you know connection was the focus so i think it's our culture of disconnection where we're not really connected any longer the way we used to be and then we're also highly disconnected from ourselves and that creates a mental landscape where you can have you know obtrusive thoughts and repetitive thoughts and all of that so i think that's i think it's our culture and our society is one piece of it yeah i think the other part of it is just our chemistry our chemistry is changing our food is changing our entire sort of gut landscape is changing you know there's a gut brain connection food impacts your mood as we talk about all the time yeah. you know so i think that's another player or another factor and then i think our and you know our toxic load is is playing into it as well so you marry those three things together mm-hmm. and you create a really ripe environment for you know chronic anxiety chronic depression in women and even i would argue nowadays in children you know oh, i think our yeah. children are super wired nowadays to have all of those mental health issues as well so yeah i worry about that younger generation i know they're on know. their they're on their iphone when they're four oh. years old <laughs> well i mean it's you know i'm that's a whole different yeah topic that's a whole that i get really topic. fired yeah. about but i have a 10 year old and a eight year old and we've had some run-ins recently 
recently about mm-hmm. about electronic use and what's appropriate and what's not and where does the school fit into that conversation and how can parents impact that conversation. I mean, I really feel like, unfortunately, you need to be 16 to drive a car. Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to be 21 to drink, but anyone can use a cell phone. We've yeah. got a, that's a massive problem. I don't think anyone should be on a cell phone until they're, same the driving age, yeah. because developmentally they're having their own issues and challenges. So yeah. that's a whole... I know a whole, whole other thing. It's probably another book. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's definitely another book. Yeah, well, okay, let's dive into this book yeah, okay. because I'm obsessed with this yeah. book. So how, where did the inspiration from this come? Like, what made you, did you one day, you're just like, why, why did you decide to write this book? Yeah, so... I really wanted, you know, I've had a mission for a while and I haven't been able to verbalize it, but I really wanted to impact women in a really profound way. And one of the patterns I saw in our own history, our own family history, and then in the patients that I was seeing is this block that many women have between reaching their purpose and their destiny and what they're really meant to do and not feeling good or not knowing how to take care of themselves or engaging in behavior patterns that were quite honestly destructive to the essence of who they are you know Mm -hmm. and Chinese medicine talks about this Ayurvedic medicine talks about this they type people you know they they describe your type and then they match that type to emotion and physical characteristics and how you should eat and how you should sleep and how you should take care of yourself so these eastern systems of medicine already had that locked in they had that mentality locked in that you needed to take care of yourself because in this particular way because you were this type and what i was seeing in practice i mean the the gift again of me being trained in all these different systems of medicine is that i was seeing that when i applied the ayurvedic diagnostic technique to the chinese medicine diagnostic technique to then my conventional medicine training and then i turned around and tested everything on labs and all that other stuff you could start to see patterns line up you know you can start to see that somebody with this ayurvedic diagnosis um, has this chinese medical diagnosis has this nutritional issue has this and then all of that was tied to a personality and emotional pattern Mm -hmm. you know and i was for me it was just like as i'm listening to stories and as as i'm looking within and i'm looking at our family and i'm looking at my friends and all this other stuff i'm like how powerful would it be how amazing would it have been if someone had given me or any of these people in my life a guidebook of some kind to be like hey you know there's all this information out there you know it's tempting to do everything i hear that from patients all the time like well i read the study on this i decided to do that or my friend started you know intermittent fasting so I decided to start it as well, yeah. you know, and so I, I hear that all the time and that is not necessarily the right thing for every person. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, well, how amazing would it be to provide people with a guidebook that they could keep coming back to, to help them reconnect and understand who they are. So they're not always like, well, I'm doing this cause my friend did it or my mom did it or things like that. So mm-hmm. that was one major motivation. The other motivation was sort of tongue-in-cheek almost you know it was you know people are always like well you must not sleep you know you you know you write books and you see patients and you have two children and you know you do all this other stuff and you speak and all this other stuff well you must be some kind of superwoman and it was funny to me and I was like why do people keep saying that about me why do they keep saying I'm some kind of superwoman because my energy is it's just very natural it just kind of comes it's not forced I'm not dragging myself out of bed to make a deadline or to show up in the practice or anything Mm -hmm. like that and it dawned on me that you know I am so much older than I was when I was having my own health scare it's almost 20 years quite honestly um, from that time 
And I have way more energy today than I did back then. And I don't need a lot of other things to get my energy up as long as I also am doing what I'm supposed to do to take care of myself. And I was like, and I see that in my patients, you know, and, and I always describe this moment. It's always hard to, to visualize, but I always describe this moment of the patient. And just imagine any woman, you know, and she's sitting in, in a room and, you know, you can just see like someone's like taking the wind out of her sails, you know, like she's yeah. either tired, fatigued, gained weight, you know, her hair's falling out. She's got some diagnosis, whatever it is, but you know, she's not making eye contact with you. She's not engaging. You know, she feels really defeated mm -hmm. by everything around her. And then I work with that patient for X amount of time, whatever it is, everyone's story is their own. And all of a sudden you walk in a room they're like, I'm doing great. I feel amazing. Yes. You know? And then, so that's like, I always say that's like landmark one or benchmark one is that those statements. I'm finally feeling better, you know? And so that's super energizing. Yeah. And then you move forward even further with them. It's like, you know what, Dr. Taz, I'm really in the wrong job. That really wasn't the right job for me. And they change careers. Or yeah. it's like, I'm going to leave that guy. I don't know why I was putting up with all this stuff all these years. You know, it's time for me to move on. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I can't live in Atlanta anymore. It's really, there's something vibrationally that's not right for me. Mm -hmm. And I've finally been able to sense that. But they only get to that point of making those major life choices when their chemistry is in the right place. And so, you know, the other motivation was, okay, everyone keeps telling me I'm some kind of superwoman. I'm really not. I just really love what I do. And I really love my life and my family and everything else around me and the people that work with me. The energy is just natural. It yeah. just comes. And why can't every woman have this, you mm -hmm. know? And so it was my daughter who's like, you need to write a book on how to be a superwoman. I'm tired of hearing everybody call you a superwoman. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I go, what would you, what would you call that book? And mm -hmm. she's 10, by the way. She's like, I would call it the superwoman RX. And I'm like, She's a smart one. I'm like, done. Good job. <laughs> We're yeah. done. All right. We're going to write this book. You know? So, um, so she was really cute about it, but in, in all essence from her, for her from her then nine year old perspective, yeah. you know, it was just like, just teach everybody else how to do what you do. It should mm -hmm. be that easy, you know? So not easy. That, but. It was, <laughs> that was the intent. And you're right. It, that was the intention of the book <laughs> and having all this information in my head, this book was tough to write. I'll be quite honest. Cause it was yeah. really hard to like, it's like a lot of information, it's a lot of information it organized spit it out <laughs> yeah. you know we have like charts and spreadsheets and patterns and all that other stuff so even though it was so natural and easy for me to do in the exam room it was very hard to spit back out and explain in a way that was really simple and somebody could get it so mm -hmm. that's a lot of why we came up with the names and all the fun types that go with that yeah so okay let's explain yeah. to the listeners like sort of how the book works yeah um can you share about the different types? Yes. And what, what, somebody gets this book, what are they going to get out of it? What do they do? Okay, so the first piece of this book is to understand who you are. Mm -hmm. And the very first few tools, there's a, a test, and it's actually online now as well, but it's a power type test. And it asks a series of questions, everything from what your hair is like to you know how you get angry and all mm -hmm. that other stuff. And through those questions, we identify your type. And there are five main types. Those types are the gypsy girl, the boss lady, the savvy chick, the earth mama, and the nightingale. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just fun names. Yeah, not I love to stereotype it. anyone yeah. or anything like that, but just fun kind of names that kind of match the general characteristics of each type. And then the other tool in there is something called the mojo meter. And the mojo meter is, again, that check-in of where are you right now? And you know, are you just powering through or do you need to power up essentially, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, are you tired every day? Are you, you know, are you achy? And, you know, trying to help you with, okay, you really need this book and you need to figure out what to do about it. So once you take the test and you understand kind of where you are 
find the mojo meter. Then each type has a plan and it has a diet, an exercise workout, a beauty regimen, everything that kind of matches the type. Mm -hmm. And then there are certain medical conditions I want each type to be aware of because they're more prone to them than a different type. So that's kind of how it works. So you start out by taking, everyone's kind of democratized in the beginning. They take the same tests, they take the same quizzes, but then they spread out into five different chapters and there are five different plans, five different types with tons of resources in between. And another big important point of the book is that you can change. You can be one type today, you know, but five years down the road, you might be a completely different type. You know? Yeah, that's um, what I wanted to ask. I was yeah. Like, can people switch? You can switch, you know. I mean, there are a lot of people that were one type pre-children, a different type post-children, one type pre-stressful event, another type post-stressful. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you can switch. And that's why I see this book as a guidebook. It's not like a one-time book that you read and then yeah. you're done. It's one that really my vision was women would keep coming back to mm-hmm. and testing at least every three or four months and understanding where they are and then shifting their diet, their supplements, their exercise, everything according to those recommendations. Yeah, I love that because, I mean, it just speaks to the fact that we as humans are always changing. Yes. And what works for us right now is not going to no, work No, especially forever. as women. And that's a big part of a, a woman, the woman or the female story than more so the male story is that we're so... We're so hormonal, we have so many different roles, we have so many different responsibilities that we change almost more frequently than men, you know, and the expectation that this is what we're gonna do for the rest of our life is not realistic. Yeah, okay, so what's your your type right now? Right now, I'm the savvy (laughs) chick, which is that intermediate type. It's Uh part boss lady and part gypsy girl, so it's somebody who dances between being bossy quite honestly and and leading and commanding and all that other good stuff to someone kind of being off in an imaginative space and innovating and being a visionary and all that other good stuff so and that's that pretty much describes me to a t i I flux between those worlds all the time okay what about can you give like a little just like really quick description of each of the other ones as well absolutely so gypsy girls are my i call them my creatives they're my artists they're my dreamers they produce like the most amazing works of art they're the people with that great fashion eye you know they're those people they live in i say that in between space they're not quite here with us all the time yeah they're off somewhere doing something amazing in that in-between space the problem that they have is they have problem connecting back to themselves so you have to bring Mm -hmm. them back and they want to stay up late they're prone to anxiety they're prone to inattention they have a lot of adrenal fatigue type issues the boss ladies which is a common type i'm finding now that the book is out there but the boss (laughs) ladies are you know your commanders your directors your go-getters and ayurveda they would be the pittas you know okay but they essentially you know they They run things. They run companies, families, you know, the world, their neighborhood, whatever it is, but they run it. They're leaders. But the drain of leadership is in Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine is that you'll literally burn your gut out, literally, you know. So they predict, it's predictive of a boss lady to have a lot of GI issues, to have reflux, constipation, you know, um, Mm -hmm. inflammatory bowel disease, to be in that world. And then the other hormone pattern with them is often an issue with their thyroid. Mm -hmm. Savvy Chicks, I told you I'm one of those. We're a of those we can have both yeah. both elements of that my earth mamas are those nurturing women they take care of everybody else you know mm-hmm. and nothing's really about them it's really about how they can support everybody else around them mm-hmm. so they're like the center of a family or a neighborhood they're the people that everyone goes to when they have a problem or everyone goes to their house for dinner or whatever else yeah. you know so 
and they're amazing human beings, but they don't know how to set boundaries. And so their medical issues are often tied to depression, weight gain, blood sugar issues, cardiometabolic disorders. Yeah, and then my sense. last group are the nightingales, and they're similar to the earth mamas in that sense of selflessness, but it's a little bit bigger, it's broader, and it's more of a world vision, you know, like really trying to change the world or impact the world. They're the ones doing like mission trips and nonprofit work and all that other stuff. But they also don't know their boundaries and they'll push through or power through. And then the next thing you know, they're getting sick all the time. So they usually have very weak immune systems. They're prone to inflammation. They're the people that often end up with cancer diagnoses and things like that. So, so that's kind of how I see each type. So each type has amazing positives, Mm -hmm. but they have some areas that can take them down, you know? And so what my hope was is that, you know, whoever picks this book up anywhere, you know, any part of the world, they would be sort of programmed to be aware of this. Because if you knew that this would be an issue, then hopefully, you know, that you could be preventive, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, I love this. So I took the test. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm a boss lady. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, sounds like it makes sense to me. Yeah. So I would love if we could sort of dive into specific recommendations for me for yeah. boss ladies I think that'd be fun definitely so I'm curious as a boss lady did and I don't know if you've read the description of the types yet do you feel like it resonates with yeah. you okay and then do you have any digestive issues yeah okay. that's always oh, been oh my, my goodness. Okay. yeah so I, I mean I had really bad digestive issues all growing up and it wasn't until I got to college that I started exploring those and you know I had candied overgrowth SIBO here we go um bunch of other bacterial overgrowth who think I might have a parasite now um that's always been I had like chronic constipation my whole life wow Um, so and then again like you mentioned the thyroid that low thyroid has always been my issue these are the patterns you fit it to a T yeah exactly well uh, some of the recommendations for you first of all one of them begins with simply you know clearing your gut or giving your gut some time to rest or time to heal Mm -hmm. so it's little things like starting with apple cider vinegar and water in the morning because it's considered a ph rebalancer it helps to help the alkalinity and the acidity of the gut and prones Mm -hmm. the gut for digestion so that's one recommendation i do that so i'm good yeah (laughs) start the morning with that the second recommendation is from a supplement standpoint really focusing on gut friendly supplements like Mm -hmm. probiotics are one of my favorites and if you've had small intestinal bacterial overgrowth in the past and candida then you probably want one with lactobacillus or bifido or those type of things Mm -hmm. so going on the right probiotic for you glutamine to rebuild your gut lining and then using digestive enzymes with your meals so that's Mm -hmm. some of what is recommended for you the other thing that we take literally from ayurveda and even from Chinese medicine to a certain extent, is you should be dairy-free if you're already not. Because dairy is just one of those proteins that are really hard on the gut. They're hard to break down. Mm -hmm. And so most boss ladies do well being completely dairy-free. So that's another recommendation there. I have a question about that. Do you include ghee in that? I don't include ghee because with ghee, the casein or the protein Uh is boiled off, essentially. So it's much more easily digestible. Mm -hmm. I get asked that all the time, too. So, um, So that's that's sort of the gut that's the food and the supplement kind of recommendations for a boss lady that we've incorporated into the plan and then we've kind of staggered those things out so you're not doing everything all at one time but you're introducing things slowly yeah and then the other part of the boss lady's plan really has to be the mind body component because remember they're on and they're going and what they often don't realize is that you know they're kind of in adrenaline overdrive and the more you do that you burn out the thyroid so that's why you guys are so prone to thyroid issues Mm -hmm. so it's really important for you 
guys to take two to three hours a week to do stuff that again calms the nervous system down you guys usually want to run or to you know do spinning again to do those like high power workouts Mm -hmm. but we really you know I would really encourage you know any boss lady out there that she really needs to spend at least if she's working out five days a week at least three of those workouts need to be calming workouts so they don't burn out her thyroid and burn out her adrenals any further Mm. so those are some of the recommendations there yeah then there's some spa recs too that I love for boss ladies and again they're all up here usually up in their head and Uh up in their brain all the time so you know doing like Sriyadhara which is an Ayurvedic treatment where they drop hot oil on your third third eye and it instantly relaxes your mind yeah that's one of my favorites you know for a boss lady in particular uh craniosacral or acupuncture those are things you guys would benefit from as well Ooh, i love all of that okay wow what what area do you find that most women have like the hardest time addressing what area do they have like in terms of a plan like in terms of a three-week plan I think most women can do the supplements. They're pretty good about that. Yeah. I think the men have a hard time with that and children have a hard time with that. I still think they have an issue with food. You know, I still think food is a huge challenge. And again, I think it's matching food to them is the big issue and mm-hmm. like how to plan food, how to prep food, how to think about your meals. I still meet women today, you know, who still don't think through you know, a given day, there's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and two snacks, Mm -hmm. you know, what are you going to eat that day? And if you're not planning and thinking through that, and you know, you have certain restrictions, like I have to be gluten free for sure. And you know, like we're talking about you, you need to be dairy free, then you can find yourself in the middle of nowhere with nothing to eat. And then make a decision that's not really good for you. And then make the next decision that doesn't really work for you and the next one and the next one, and it just sort of continues to cycle. Mm -hmm. So I think women still have an issue with understanding food planning food, prepping food, getting in the kitchen, nurturing themselves, you know, especially single women or young women, I think, think they don't need to do that for themselves. Mm -hmm. They think it's just important when it comes to a family, but the whole art of making and preparing meals is essential to nurturing you. So it's, I think that's where I see people struggling the most. And that's where I get the most resistance too, in the practice. That's the hardest part. I think the second, if I had to pick a second would be stress management. Yeah. You know, just, you know, really, really being strict with yourself about what those boundaries are and understanding how to balance it. Most people can't do that or are not equipped to do that. And instead, you know, this is where relationships and jobs burn out, quite honestly, because if you don't understand what you need, it's very hard to communicate with anybody else around you in terms of, you know, what they need to give you, you know, and so you can see people in a relationship giving and giving like an earth mama, you know, like just giving and giving and giving, but never receiving, she's going to burn out of that relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. or you can see a boss lady, we were talking about this earlier today, you know, trying to be a boss lady in her relationship, and that's going to burn that relationship out, you know, so it's again, you know, this lack of of understanding who you are and what you need and what your flaws are too that then in turn affect your career and your relationships and everything else in between yeah what do you think are the most effective de-stressing techniques you know the most effective technique is is mindfulness it's cheap you can do it anywhere. <laughs> it you is. can do it at any time. You know, I swam this morning and I was doing it then. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be sitting waiting for your Uber and do it there. But it's just, again, the constant process, the work of reprogramming your mind and elevating your thoughts so that then the entire rest of your chemistry can shift and shift you towards your 
towards a path of making better choices for yourself. When you have a mind that's frazzled and you're just trying to make it from point A to point B, well, yeah, you're going to eat whatever's in sight and you're not going to care, you know, whether it's chocolate or potato chips or whatever it is, it's just going to be a quick fix, you know? And same thing with weight gain in women. I think that they struggle a lot because again, they don't understand the art of slowing down a little bit, you know, and it's not, you know, trust me, I'm not advocating slowing down. I have no intention of slowing down myself, you know, so I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we all need to put our feet up and be done. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying within an eight hour day or whatever else, like build in some buffers, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I always do something every morning that will nurture me and it can change every day, but something, whether it's food or meditation or writing or exercising or whatever it is, but just remember to block that time both morning and night to do those things. Yeah. I love that. Also, I mean, I want to touch on when you're talking about women struggling with weight gain, what do you find are the most common reasons that women are struggling with that? I think the most common reasons are food and food manufacturing and food processing and how it affects our gut and our Mm -hmm. digestive health. I think most women can get away with that stuff in their 20s and 30s, but something happens in your late 30s and in your 40s where the digestive system literally slows down for different reasons. The hormone system slows down as well. And if you're not paying attention or compensating for that slowdown, Mm -hmm. then you gain weight very quickly. For the younger women that are gaining weight, it's typically hormonal. Mm-hmm. Or again, it's lifestyle, you know, they're eating perfectly clean, organic, doing all this stuff, and then they're binge drinking, you know, three yeah. nights out of the week, you know, or, you know, they're eating perfectly, same idea, but they eat like a major dessert every night, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's just, again, not understanding, you know, the boundaries and, and the balance there. There are patients I've met who eat really well, but, and eat really healthy foods. But when you start adding up their calories, like even like nuts and nut butters and all that other stuff, you know, they're at over two or 3000 calories a day, you know? Mm. And so for a sedentary person, which most of us are, very few of us have active moving jobs, you know, we're in calorie overload or calorie excess the majority of the time. And unfortunately, what researchers have shown me and taught me is that the minute that metabolic switch is activated, where you go into fat storage mode, Mm -hmm. then it's like an uphill battle to turn that switch back off you know Mm -hmm. so again if we can be proactive and we can be preventive and we can really think about our food choices and watch which watch what we're eating and try to be more active then we'll prevent that switch from getting turned on it's so interesting because well I mean so I coach a lot of women they're in a younger demographic and I find the total opposite I find most women are just under eating they're under eating interesting and then when we up their calories it balances out because their bodies have been in starvation mode. So I think that's so interesting. Why do you think they're under eating? I mean, I see a lot of girls coming in. Yeah. I think a lot of people are afraid of eating enough food. And, um, yeah. So that's a huge one that I see. Like kind of the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, I think it depends a lot on like the age group too. I think it totally depends on the age group. And that's sad if women are, are doing that, that again shows the pressure to, yeah. to be thin or be perceived as thin and yeah. it's not healthy, you know. You know, I, I sit with patients, you know, there are patients that come in trying to get pregnant in that younger age group mm-hmm. and they're like, I can't get pregnant, I've done this, I've done that, all that other stuff. And you look at their body fat, I do have them and 
you know, it's below 19%. Mm. And I'm like, you can't get pregnant until your body fat's at least 20, 21%. It's just, it can't happen. The whole hormonal cycle is off. And they're like, well, yeah, I can't gain 10 pounds. You know what I mean? You see that instant, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I hear what you're saying. I don't see that maybe as much in our particular practice, but I can, I can totally see that. that, And that makes me sad. actually. Yeah. It makes me sad too, because I mean, like the amenorrhea is a huge thing I see, like, and it's worrisome. Um, but I mean, in terms of balancing hormones, are there things that every woman could do to sort of help? Definitely. I mean, I think the number one thing is eat fat. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, the building block of hormones is cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And so if your cholesterol, I mean, if you want to look at, if you want a number crunch, if your cholesterol is under 130, then you're not going to have the right hormonal profile. You don't have the fat to build your hormones. So if you want to be hormonally balanced, eat some fat. Mm -hmm. And most women need at least 20 grams of fat a day. Ghee is a great source. You you know, you mentioned that coconut oil is another one, you know, your avocados and your nut butters and things like that. So that would be my first is make sure you're eating fat. My second would be, you know, manage your stress Mm -hmm. Because mm-hmm. the other thing that's happening with women, PCOS is an epidemic in it, the younger yeah. de- demographic. And as I try to understand where it's coming from, I'm realizing that's threefold too. That's in- insane, incredible stress for young women, you know, somewhere between, you know, 14, 15, all the way up to 28, 29, 30, married with a bad gut, you know, an mm-hmm. intensity towards candida or candida overgrowth, married to a genetic tendency to not be able to detox or process hormones and all that other stuff very well. And we just continue to see the numbers and the rates of PCOS go up in the practice, you know. So managing stress is a big part of that prevention plan because I feel like the number one driver of flipping people into that PCOS mode is a stressful or traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And then the follow-up to that would be watching sugar because I think there's sugar in everything and that directly impacts hormones. And if you want to balance your hormones, you've got to remove the sugar. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. That's that helpful, a lot. though. It's three, but it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> so. What about, I'm curious about sleep recommendations. I feel like that's another big so, one, too. For your demographic. <laughs> well, actually, for everyone now. I can't say for your demographic. I think for everyone now, we got to get off this stuff. You yeah. know I mean? It's like the electronics and the the iPads and the all the all those gadgets and the gizmos that are dinging and all this other stuff I mean Mm -hmm. I think that is impacting sleep and it's disturbing like our our sleep wake cycles like that light is being received by the pineal gland and you know it's keeping people awake so I think that's the number one thing is create an environment to sleep you Mm -hmm. know and you know first move your electronics out you know put your alarm on a different old-fashioned alarm clock if you have one you know pull one of those out in some closet (laughs) you know maybe it's in your mom's closet somewhere but pull one out and you know use something that's not emitting light that's going to disturb your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. I say, um, secondly, I think, you know, again, alcohol disrupts sleep. So for Mm -hmm. many younger women, and even, again, I'm saying younger women, but it's all women. I think, you know, the classic, I'm going to have a glass of wine at night or whatever can be disruptive to sleep. And many people don't realize that. And then there are things you can take to help you definitely. I mean, magnesium is one of the biggest nutritional deficiencies women face today. And so taking a little bit of magnesium at night can help with sleep as well. How much sleep do you think people should be getting? You know, it's a little bit variable, again, like all things person to person. But I think most people on average need at least somewhere between six to eight hours of consistent sleep. Mm -hmm. So not you slept in on the weekend or and you slept four hours during the week, but like a consistent sleep cycle. One of the things that got me in trouble 
working in the ER was that like I never had a regular sleep schedule you know yeah. like one day I'm in bed at 8 a.m. in the morning and the next day I'm in bed at like you know two o'clock in the morning and the next day I'm in bed at like 8 39 o'clock at night you know mm-hmm. so it was just all over the place and from Chinese medicine we understand that even if maybe you added my sleep hours they'd be okay yeah but as a woman you have to sleep between 12 and 5 a.m. consistently. And when you don't, that's when the hormonal cycle gets disrupted. So it's essential for hormone balance, and then it's also essential for mental health and things like that. And it's interesting because they apply the theory of meridians, and they believe meridians have a timing. And they really feel like, you know, this whole I'm going to stay up till 2 and sleep until 10 for a woman and her hormonal cycles, it's detrimental. Mm. Maybe a man could get away with that, but a woman can't get away with that, you know. So it's sort of keeping, even when women come in and they're breastfeeding, I say the same thing. It's like, you know, they're like, well, you know, can I, which, how should I structure my sleep schedule? I'm like, well, if you can do, you know, a pre-midnight feed and then do like a 4 to 5 a.m. feed, you know, that's ideal because that still gives you that window of sleep where you're not getting completely depleted in this process. That's so interesting. It's like, it's not just about how much, it's Mm -mm. also the timing. It is the timing. And again, research, I think, is catching up with that Mm -hmm. conventionally, but, um, but it is something that I see over and over again in practice. I would love for you to just sort of explain to people who maybe just aren't as familiar with this, like, why we are so different from men. Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. (laughs) How much time do you have? Um, We are just chemically, structurally, and emotionally different, energetically Mm -hmm. and emotionally different. You know, we just are. We are different beings, and to equalize us is not fair. I mean, I think we need to have the same opportunities, obviously, and the same judgment and evaluation and all that other stuff. we're We're not the same. And we shouldn't strive to be the same, you know. And so I think we have to understand that the role of hormones in our chemistry makes a really big difference. I think the responsibility of fertility and children is a woman's story that that is not a part of the whole male paradigm at all. So no matter how much they try, they're never going to get that. And we shouldn't really expect them to. I think that's unrealistic. Yeah. You know, so... I just think because of hormones and children and fertility and intuition, you know, and so many, there's so many different ways to spin off. We are just not the same. Mm-hmm. And in many cultures and traditions, if you look all the way back in history, it was the women that were the most spiritually connected usually as well. They were the ones that often were the most attuned with the powers that be and Men sometimes have that and sometimes they don't. And they're sometimes driven more by an ego structure rather than an intuitive structure. And that's mm-hmm. a natural tendency between, you know, for each gender. You know, So again, we have different motivations. We have different tendencies. We have different chemistry. And there's no way that our two stories can be the same. Yeah. We are incredibly powerful when you have a man who understands himself and a woman who understands herself. And they get together and do amazing things. I mean, that is power and dynamite but when they are trying to take each other down or they don't understand each other then that's where you have a lot of heartache and misery and all that other stuff that you're seeing happen in the world today so anyhow i feel like that's where a lot of the problems have come from that people are trying to follow health fitness nutrition advice that's kind of it may work for men or like i feel like a lot of the research is just Men. Man, you look at studies men. and it's all men. Yeah, you know, I'm like, where are the women? Let alone the differences Mm-mm. between the women, but between women and men, you know, 
Um, and not just between women and men, but like women at, at given ages, yeah. at given points in their cycle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're, we're complicated. Yeah. We're not simple, you know? So, yeah, I mean, the medical knowledge today has been, well, the average is this, and it's worked for most men, and it probably will work for women, too. I think that's where the health information has been for the most part. So, I mean, even some of the stuff, quite honestly, in the wellness world, it's like, well, you know, this is the new fad. It's going to work for everybody. Sometimes it's the most detrimental to a particular type of woman, you know? So that's why, again, I, you know, I just encourage you know, any of your female audience and even your male audience, cause they have mothers and sisters yeah. and wives and girlfriends and everybody else is like, just really get in touch with your health and empower yourself and embrace your differences and embrace you. At the end of the day, this book is about embracing who you are, you know, yeah. and finding that and then going forward with that and owning it and then doing what you need to do for that. And then trying to see how your life unfolds after it. Yeah. I'm curious. Are there any trends that come to mind when we talk about things that, might work better for men than women. Definitely. I think the whole um, interval training, okay. high-intensity interval training, I think it's short-term results for for It's great results for men. It's short-term results for women. Mm. But there's a hormonal consequence that goes with that. That's one pattern I've seen. What kind of hormonal consequence? Like a lot of adrenal thyroid stuff that comes as a result of that. I think that um, kind of the same idea, but... A lot of the, my CrossFitters are going to kill me, but all the CrossFitters that are out there, that's another one. That short-term gain, yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you're going to lose weight, and yes, you're going to be amazing, but long-term health is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, marathon running, you know, mm-hmm. running is hard on a female body. You know, these serial marathon runners and some of the athletes that come to me, there's a lot of balancing to do when you make that choice to do those things, you know. And again, it's fine to do, but just understand that you need to get – everything else checked don't assume that that's a healthy habit yeah. for you understand what that's doing maybe to your body so those are some things yeah. that i've noticed you know ketogenic diets mm-hmm. you know super helpful for lots of different types of people not so helpful for some people who simply can't metabolize fat and can't break fat down yeah and instead it drives their you know lipids and everything else out of the roof so i mean those are some of the trends mm-hmm. you know that are tempting to jump on the bandwagon but are not necessarily right for all women you know compared to men are there any types that can handle those more intense workouts more often or yeah. do you just think across the board it's kind of harder for women no i mean i think your earth mamas can handle it they need okay. more intensity in their workouts your savvy chicks can probably handle it as well mm-hmm. your boss ladies can do it but they have to temper it with you know yeah. workouts that calm them down because their fundamental issue is just being just driven yeah so they don't need a driven workout too they need and i see that all the time i see these super successful women and executives like well i'm going to you know orange theory or crossfit and i'm and i can measure my data and i'm going to lose x amount and they everyone's got their gadgets and they're measuring all their stuff (laughs) all the gadgets so i'm like well again short term 30 days 60 days sure go for it reset yourself a little bit but long term that's not a realistic way to approach your health so like long term, what's a better approach? Long term is you have to under I go back to the book, you have yeah. to understand you and what you need. And some people need more cardio, some people need more weight, some mm-hmm. people need yoga, you know, some people don't lose an ounce of weight doing yoga, you know, it's just so again, it's trying to understand back to we need more tools. This book is one, but we need additional tools to help us personalize all this information yeah. and tailor it and target it to who you are. 
Absolutely. The other thing I realized I forgot to ask you is I know you mentioned different types are more prone to different diseases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what as a boss lady would I should I watch out for? I think our biggest concern for our boss ladies are autoimmune diseases. Mm. Diseases of inflammation because with all the gut stuff you guys have, mm-hmm. you all inflammation begins in the gut. So your whole family of autoimmune diseases, everything from inflammatory bowel diseases to lupus, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, all of that stuff, that's your highest risk. And behind it, as you get significantly older, if you're still a boss lady, you know, would be cancer because all of those are diseases of inflammation. Okay. So. Okay. Doesn't mean you're going to get it. Yeah, I know. Doesn't mean that. It just means like these are things that when people... You know, I can see my patients sitting in front of me and when they're like, well, why? I don't understand. I eat healthy. I do this. I do that. Why did I get breast cancer? You know, why do I have lung cancer? Why do I have colon cancer? Why do I have ovarian cancer? You know, when I start playing out their timeline of their life and the sequence of events and their chemistry, I can see it. You know, I can see pretty quickly. I can answer that why, you know. So instead of waiting for those diagnoses instead of waiting for that shoe to drop mm-hmm. like let's be proactive like yeah. figure out who you are figure out what you need you know hook into a provider that can kind of guide you down that path you know and not make you feel like you're crazy for wanting to check all this stuff and the book talks about that too by the way it talks about the labs to check mm-hmm. you know it talks about the medical conditions to be aware of so really you could take it and walk into your doctor's office and be like, do you mind checking X, Y, and Z and then interpret it against what's in there? Yeah. So I think that's a really common thing with autoimmune disease is that I see a lot of people think that it's either like you're born with autoimmune disease or you're not. So many people think that. No, no. I mean, I don't know how to dispel some of that. Yeah. Cancer. Like, well, I don't have the BRCA gene. It's not a guarantee that you're not going to get cancer. You know what I mean? It's, it's this complexity of chemistry in the body and waking up genes and, and encouraging genes to mutate and all that other stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, that's kind of what's happening. So I think it's just important to be hyper aware about your health. You know? Yeah, absolutely. As soon as possible. As right? soon as po- I wish I had started this path. I mean, I'm grateful for all that's happened, but I wish I had started it at 20 or 21, yeah. you know, so, um, so I'm hoping everybody else out there, like, you know, my daughter's 10 now, I'm hoping she'll take ownership of her health in the next four or five years. And I think for all young women out there, like start your journey now. Yeah. Don't wait till 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, you know, don't, why, why are you waiting for your wake up call? Yes. You know, you know, start your journey now. So you never need that wake up call yeah. that redirects and totally throws your life off. Big yeah. Time. You know, it's funny. I had somebody recently tell me to say, they've been trying to change their diet to eat healthier. And she was telling me, well, I feel like I don't, people ask me why I'm eating that way. You know, people get a pushback and she said, I feel like I don't have an excuse because I don't have a health issue. And I go, Oh my the gosh. point is not to get the health issue. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. like not waiting. And that's where we need a shift in our, how we think, like how do we define health and what's wellness and, I remember saying this to somebody, there's no health without wellness. There's no wellness without health. It's the same thing. You know, you really have to think about my, I always say there are four main benchmarks, like where's your energy? Where's your mood? You know, do you have any pain? You know, where's your passion? Those are Mm -hmm. things like if they're not maxed out, then you're not on the right plan. Yeah. So I love that. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you. Um, can you maybe tell people where they can get the book, where they can find you, get more from you? Sure. I think the best, probably good central resource is my website. It's drtaz.com. It's D-O-C-T-O-R, Taz, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the quiz and it has the book, a link to buy the book where you can get the book anywhere books are sold. Yeah. And it has other helpful blogs and information there as well. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Dr. Taz MD. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Okay, there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Taz. I hope you learned something. I'm sure you did. She is an incredible woman and just so inspirational and I love her work a lot. And if you want to find more from her, you can find her on her website, drtaz.com and definitely pick up the book, Superwoman Rx. It's great. Take the quiz to find out your type. If anyone else is a boss lady like me, hit me up and now you know some of your recommendations but there's so much more in that book than what we just talked about so once again thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed it if you haven't already please leave a rating and a review on itunes it means the world to me and really helps me out to get the word out about the podcast and share it if you love it also this year i am planning new content and i'm going to be doing more solo episodes more q a episodes and more just general topics I'll talk about. So if there's a specific topic you would like me to address, or if you have any random question you want me to answer, literally related to anything, send it in. You can either email actuallyadultish at gmail.com or you can use the contact submission form on the website actuallyadultish.com and I'll go through those and I'll answer questions and just send them in there so that they're all in one place for me and I can answer what you guys want to hear and it would mean the world to me. So once again, happy holidays. I hope you guys have a great new year and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.